This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. What's shaking Red Nation? This is Jeremy Brenner with another episode of The Dream Take, presented by the Dream Shake, home of all things Houston Rockets at SBNation.com. And today is the second part of our nine-part series looking at all of the potential prospects the team could possibly get with the number 17 pick, or maybe if they decide to jump back into that second round. There's a lot that the team can do with that 17th pick. We talked about a couple of guys that the team could get if they were to even trade up, trade down, keep it 17. So go check out our most recent episode Mike and I did together. And because this episode's going on on a Monday, it's all me today. So we have an interesting group of prospects to talk about today. All three of these guys that we're going to be discussing were members of G League Ignite this past season. And I think that the Rockets drafting Jalen Green last year, along with them signing Dacian Nix, they have their hands in the cookie jar over with G League Ignite. And they they have proven already that they appreciate the development that they do. And that's why I think that there could be one of these guys there at number 17. And we'll talk about all three, of course. Uh, there's, there's one out of these three that I feel stronger about for the Rockets than the other two. But let's just start off with the person that's expected to go first off the board, which is Dyson Daniels. Dyson Daniels has been uh, flying up these, uh, up these mock drafts in these last couple of weeks. And he's from Australia. I believe he's like a 6'7", 6'8", guard. I think, yes, he was, he was 6'6", and then during the draft process, he jumped up from 6'6", 6'8", which I think is also why he's moving up these, uh, these mock drafts, because a 6'8", point guard that can pass the ball, that can, uh, do, that can defend multiple positions, that can score is, is valuable. But a 6'8", guard, that, that's, that's a little bit more valuable. I can't, can't lie. But I think that Dyson Daniels is going to be off the board before the 
before the Rockets are going to be able to pick again. Now, could the could the Rockets trade down, maybe go get Dyson Daniels? Sure. Yeah, it's possible. But also, Dyson Daniels does not fit what the Rockets need. I think that the fit that he, given the direction the Rockets are going in right now, I just don't feel like Dyson Daniels fits that. Teams that he could go to that I could see, I think the Knicks are a very interesting spot for him. Uh, I think that he could be like a lead guard there. I think New York is probably the best spot for a guy like Dyson Daniels. Portland at seven is probably the highest I've seen him go. Uh, But there's a chance that maybe uh, Indiana, I could see Indiana maybe making a move for him if they don't feel as strongly about uh, Shaden Sharp. Um, You know, because I think people are expecting Shaden Sharp to go in that five to seven range. But there's a lot of question marks around Shaden Sharp. And there's a lot of question marks around Dyson Daniels too. Don't get me wrong, but I think Dyson Daniels has a little bit more upside. And we've seen him play against NBA talents before. And he's proven, um, you know, he's proven to hold his own. And he was in the, G, uh, not the G League show, he's the All-Star uh, Rookie Challenge, the Rookie Sophomore Challenge. They added in a couple of the G League Ignite players, and he was one of them. He was on uh, Alpi and uh, Jay Sean Tate's winning team. So he's he's also, he's being billed as this, you know, future star in the league. And I think it could be if he's in the right position. I just don't feel like the, the Rockets are that position um, or in that position to be that for Dyson Daniels. Um, but I really like New York as a spot for him. Uh, I think that could that could really turn into something good for the Knicks. I think uh, another place that he could – I really like New Orleans for him as well. I think if you place him in the backcourt – next to CJ McCollum, that could be a dangerous little duo there with Brandon Ingram, Herb Jones, JV, and maybe Zion when he comes back. That's a scary bunch. Um, And I think Dyson Daniels could be really good in the league. Like, I hate using this uh, comparison for him. He reminds me a lot of Josh Giddey. And I'm not saying that just because he is uh, both, they're both from Australia, but it, they, they, they do check off a lot of the same boxes um, as someone that can, you know, is a great passer, uh, big enough to grab these rebounds, uh, can, can lead the team in transition, can score. That is kind of my, my player comp for Dyson Daniels is a Josh Giddy, And there's a lot of limitless potential with Josh Giddy as well in, in Oklahoma. So I think Dyson Daniels is in that same, it should be in that same conversation, I'll say. So Dyson Daniels, though, the one thing that I can say about him that I feel confident in is that he's not going to be in Houston. So I think it's time to kind of move on. Uh, I don't want to make this too long of a podcast. I'm recording this on Sunday, about 45 minutes before the NBA Finals. Uh, so I don't want to talk too much about it because by the time this goes out, game two will have already been played. So I don't know the outcome of game two yet, but game one was pretty exciting. Uh, hopefully that will set the tone for the the six games to follow or the five games to follow. Now that, now that you're listening to this after, you know, the game two result, but 
yeah, Boston won. I said I said Warriors in six in the last episode. I'm sticking to that. That outcome is still possible, even if Boston wins game two. I think the Warriors, yeah, I just, from seeing the Warriors so much over the years, I just don't see how they're just going to fold. Uh, I think they're definitely going to win a couple of these games here. And look, Boston, I mean, Boston had to win in seven games in their last two series. So uh, they don't like making things easy for themselves either. So I think we're in for, for a really exciting series for the finals. But let's kind of move gears here uh, to Jaden Hardy, 6'4 guard from the Ignite as well. Now, Jaden Hardy, I think his season with the Ignite has kind of hurt his stock. Uh, he was seen as like a top five prospect, I think, in his high school class. And he's now being viewed as this late first, early second. Um, yeah, so he was like a top five player in his in his high school class. Ended up going to the G League. Um, his stats in the G League, I want to pull them up here uh, on my computer. But Jaden Hardy's stats in the G League, I think, weren't as strong as maybe people thought uh, it would be. Um, played 12 games, 17 points per game, though. I mean, that's like four four rebounds, three assists. So he, he showcased a lot of his scoring abilities, but also the the number that, that stands out to me and not in a good way is his 27% from the three-point line. And that is going to be his biggest, his biggest weakness that he needs to overcome. And I'm not sure exactly why I didn't watch – whole lot of G League Ignite um, this past season. But I think with Jaden, like it's a very small sample size, yes. So that's something to take into consideration. But also at the same time, like that number has to get better. Um, There's just no getting around it. Like it's it's almost impossible to play in the NBA as as a 6'4 guard and shoot less than 30%. Shoot less than, and to be be honest, shoot less than 35%, honestly. Like the, the league is starting to become that kind of league. And, and like, you look at the, at the Rockets right now, like that is where things need to improve. Reminds me a lot of Dacian Nix's situation from last season, just because Dacian Nix also went to the Ignite, probably didn't have as good of a season as he could have, uh, or as he wished. He ended up going undrafted. And I, and I don't think that's what's going to happen with, with Jaden Hardy. Um, I think Hardy was just, it's just a, he was too good of a prospect in his class of 2021. And I also think that the, the draft class this year is weaker than last year's. So like Dacian Nix, the Rockets said they view him as a, as a lottery pick. Um, So like, that's the thing is like, if they view him as a lottery pick, in this draft per se, like that should kind of show you where Jaden Hardy stands with this, with this class. I think he ends up being a second round pick just because he has too much upside for teams to pass on him a second time. Um, And there are a lot of teams in that second round with multiple picks, like the Orlando magic have two picks in that early second round. I could see him going with one of those picks. Um, I could see, I could see a lot of teams just take a flyer on him. The, the Rockets, though, I'm not as convinced just because I feel like at guard, they're pretty set. 
I, I really would be shocked if a guard came to the Rockets in this draft. Maybe an undrafted guard, like you, you take a chance, maybe you give him a two-way deal. Like, I'm okay with that. But I, I really have a hard time seeing the Rockets pass, like going for guards when you have bigger needs at uh, rim protection and, and on the wing. I really just don't see the merit in taking a guy like that, unless the value is just way too good. Um, like if Jaden Hardy's there in like the 30, like 40 or something, and the Rockets want to, you know, go, hey, like let's go and get, um, like let's go and get a guy. I don't, I don't see an issue fully with that, but as long as they address the other needs as well, that that's what I care about. And for me, I, th- I think Hardy has the potential to be a really good NBA player. I do think he'll spend most of next season in the G League again. I think he needs to have a bit more uh, baking. But I will say there's a lot of upside there. He, he turns 20 this July. Like, there's, there's so much upside with a guy like, like Jaden Hardy. Um, and I think he's going to have a similar G League season like Dacian Nix had this past year. But the guy that I really wanted to talk about, and I, and I see we've got some people live with us here on Spotify Live, so I'm really excited that y'all are here for this part because this is the real meat uh, on the plate for this episode. I personally, for that number 17 pick, have a wish list, and at the top of that wish list is Marjan Beauchamp. I have seen a lot of these guys. We've, we've been studying our list of guys for who could be at 17. Marjan Beauchamp is my top favorite at this moment. He, to me, to me, he's like such a natural fit to what the Rockets currently have and to what they need. So he's a 6'6 wing. Um, he's ec- extremely athletic, very athletic wing at 6'6". Um, and is just really good without the ball in his hands. And that's perfect for the Rockets because there's a lot of guys on the Rockets now that need the ball in their hands, but not a lot of guys that play well without the ball in their hands. And, and Beauchamp is that guy. I am almost like begging Rafael Stone at this point to draft him because I just, he has so much athleticism, which, you know, matches what the Rockets are going for. He can, he can work in transition, make the team even faster than where they were last year. And I think that that is a huge part of the Rockets' success is, is playing a really fast pace. And Beauchamp fills that right away. I don't think he'll, like, I think he's going to, like, obviously everyone has an adjustment period to go from, you know, how fast the game is. But I do think that, Jalen Green being on G League Unite last season, or the or excuse me, the season before, helped him a little bit with that. And, and Beauchamp has that. I think the, the speed is faster in the G League, obviously, than college. So the adjustment period is, is less in the NBA. And Beauchamp is the guy that could be that perfect complement to Jalen Green, to Kevin Porter, as a guy that they can go pick and roll with. They can, you know, flash out to the corner with, they can, you know, lob it on the fast break. I see a lot of scenarios where Marjan Beauchamp fits into this Rockets team. 
On top of that, he is an above average defender on ball. And I think that is incredibly valuable. I'm like super, super amped about this. I mean, I did just watch like a lot of his highlights right before coming on to the show. So that's part of why I'm, I'm feeling this way about Marshawn Beauchamp, but he just fills a lot of the needs that the Rockets currently have. Um, I, I feel like he's a, just a natural fit. Obviously there probably is some connection with him and Jalen Green already. That's also part of it, but look, the Rockets have a pipeline now the from Ignite to Rockets. And I really do think that could play a factor here. I think that there is just a lot of upside with him and I just want to explore it. I do think he could be the three of the future. I really do. Um, but given the fact also that the Rockets have to, the, the main thing the Rockets need to figure out this season is how in the hell are you going to play all of these guys with just one ball? You know, it, who's going to have to adjust to playing off ball? Jalen Green, as we've seen, is so much better with the ball in his hands. And I, I don't know if I can go through another season where Jalen Green is not having the ball in his hands. Like, he needs to be the guy. I don't like it starts with Jalen Green and then you work your way down. I think Kevin Porter could find his way into that as well. Um, but also as, as the team's quote unquote point guard, I think, I think he needs the ball in his hands as well. You look at Alper and Shangun's play creation. That is important as well. Christian Woods also a guy that needs the ball in his hands if he stays in the team next year, which if he does, I don't expect him to be on the team at the end of the season. I do think that, They'll look for a deal for him either this offseason or at the trade deadline. Um, but then you have guys like, K- like K.J. Martin and Marjan Beauchamp on each side of the wing. And then you have Kevin Porter and Jalen Green in the backcourt with Shengun or Paolo. Like that is I, – I could see that. And that would be such an exciting group of players. I don't know how well they'd play together, but – they would certainly try to run teams out of the gym, and that might be an effective strategy um, to win some of these games. Like, there are teams that can track me their way through the regular season. I do think that it could be more of an issue come playoff time, but I also think that the goal right now shouldn't exactly be, oh, we need to build a playoff-caliber roster. We need to build a talented basketball roster because the Rockets, although they are talented compared to the rest of the league, are lacking in that department. You need to go and get talent. And you do need to define your roles a little bit better. And I feel like with Beauchamp, there's not a whole lot of adjustments that he would need to make from his time with Ignite and be able to translate it to the Rockets. Like it's pro- like he could play the exact same role and he can play it well. And I and I do think that the Rockets are kind of in a position now to where they do need to define the roles a little bit more and they need to play a little bit less fluid if you are picking up what I'm putting down. They need to simply be able to have just a little bit more organization. I'm not saying a lot, but they need to be a little bit more organized in how they are concocting a plan. So that that's kind of how I feel. Um, I've got some questions here from, from Sean in the audience, so I'm going to answer them right now. Um, yeah, so Dylan Terry, second round guard, or Jaden Hardy. Yeah, I think I think Dylan Terry 
Um, I don't know if we're going to talk about him in coming, coming episodes, but uh, from what I've seen from him, uh, another high upside second round guy. Uh, that's what you get in the second round, right? You get, you try to go for guys that are just really high upside um, and you hope that they work out. Um, and look, a lot of guys do like second round picks have had a lot of success in the NBA lately. Um, I think it's because they're being given more opportunities. And I think a lot of that though is luck. I do think that a lot of luck plays in, in terms of you're on a team that wants to play you, that has the minutes they can play for you. Like you look at Io Sunmu, like Io Sunmu, when he played for the Bulls last year, got playing time and he was effective in those minutes. But then again, like the guy that was drafted, you know, before Io Sunmu, I don't know exactly if he played as much as he did. So I'm like, you're looking at last year's class. Um, and, you know, a lot of things go, you know, this is just one example. Like, yeah, Ayodesumu had uh, much more opportunity than JT Thor did with that, with the pick right before him. JT Thor, you know, played in just 33 games, averaged two points per game. Not as, not as strong as, as Desumu's numbers where he was a rotational guy on a playoff team played in, you know, 40 games, started 40 games, played in 77, eight and eight, 8.8 points per game. So uh, Sean saying, even, so would you draft Marjan Beauchamp over Usman Jiang or Tari Eason if they were there? At this point, Usman Jiang is definitely up there for me. I have a hard time seeing how Tari Eason falls 17. Um, we'll, we'll be talking about both of those guys in the coming episodes, but I, I feel like Jang, the difference with him is that he's more of what Garuba is. I feel like I feel like Usman Jiang and Usman Garuba are both very similar. Whereas I think there's enough variation between Beauchamp and uh, Usman Garuba to where they could coexist. And ultimately, I really don't think the Rockets are trying to just throw everything away on Garuba. Um, they drafted him for a reason, clearly, in the first round um, when they really didn't need to. I mean, they already had two first-round picks, and they were at least getting one more. They really like Garuba, um, and they, I think they're willing to give him a shot. Um, but that shouldn't stop them from drafting someone that is similar to him that could take minutes away from him, which is why Paolo is going to be probably that third pick. Um, and then you look at a guy like uh, Usman Diang, who should be on the Rockets' radar. Um, I'm almost positive he is. But Beauchamp is a little bit more athletic than Jang, um, and he plays a little bit differently. Like, he can – he can, he probably list as more of a three, whereas I feel Jang is more of a four, small ball five. If I'm not mistaken, Usman Jang is, uh, is I think, 6'10". Yeah, he's 6'10". He's more of a center. So, like, I feel like with him, he fits that role – but like they're different roles, I guess you could say. So, so it's hard to compare the two. But I think Beauchamp just fills more of a need for the Rockets at this point. Um, yeah, he's like a skinny. He's a skinny six ten. Um, and then Sean asked one more question: How would Boncaro or Ivy work on a team with Green and Porter creating? Um, that's a very good point um, because I do think that that is probably the main issue here with uh, with Boncaro is like. You know, is he going to get those touches and is he going to be effective with those touches? I saw a highlight reel recently on Twitter um, of Paolo Boncaro. And then it was like the next, he would do a move and then Jason Tatum would do the exact same thing. And it was insane. Um, 
I think you're looking at more of where the Rockets are talking about. I see him as more of like a Chris Middleton, as a guy that could could get his own bucket, um, as a guy that could create. But you're looking at Jalen Green as more of your Giannis. He's who you run your offense through. And then you have a guy like Kevin Porter via Drew Holiday as your defensive start, but also can set up the offense and slow it down when things need to be slowed down. Um, that's like, I think the main play, because what we've seen in the playoffs, you know, and I, I think with Kevin Porter, what they're trying to do, like, I really do think they want him to be on the team when they're good again. And in order to be good in the playoffs, you need to be able to play a traditional half court offense, at least from what we've seen in these playoffs. Um, defense is far more important, the transition game, not as much. And I feel like the Rockets are kind of at that point to where they need to build a good regular season team first, and then you tweak it and you find ways to get better in the postseason. And I think Kevin Porter is going to have to learn how to slow the game down a little bit. Um, not necessarily right away. Um, I, I still want him to figure things out, but I think that's kind of the progression that the Rockets are trying to take. Start, start just getting talent in the building and then work your way there. Um, and I think last season that was kind of the MO as well. They did, they, they really were starting from scratch, um, before like Kevin Porter was really their only guy that they were kind of, okay, he could be the future. Maybe Jay Sean Tate as well, KJ Martin. But then after that, like, but like you can't really build a team off of those those three guys. Now that you have Jalen Green, you have uh, Shengun, you have Christopher. Now you have another top three pick that you're going to add. Now you have you know six dra- six first round picks in two seasons. You're gonna have a much more less bare cupboard. Like your cupboard's gonna be a little bit more filled. Um, now that you have these guys in in your toe, and now you can find out what they do, figure out how you can create something delicious with the ingredients that you have. So that's ultimately like what the Rockets have right now. You have your meat, you have your potatoes. Let's get a little spice in there. That's what the Rockets are looking to do in this draft. I think Paolo brings that, and he does elevate your team, and he makes your team a lot better from where they were. Um, Jaden Ivey does the same too. Now, I'm not going to say that Jaden Ivey is, shouldn't be the, like I, Mike and I feel very differently about this. He prefers Ivey. I prefer Paolo. Um, and, and Paolo honestly has been my number one since, since we started. Like if, if they had the number one pick, I would say go Paolo Boncaro. Um, but I think with Ivey, I just don't feel like he would be, his best self if he was in Houston. And it's for the same reasons that, you know, it just, there wouldn't be a whole lot of uh, hierarchy. I could, I could see as like Ivy's strengths are the same as, uh, as Jalen Green's and as, uh, you know, Kevin Porter's a quick first step and an ability to score without the ball in your hands. I, I just feel like they already have that and they need to, find other ways you know a lot of these a lot of these teams in the playoffs right now um you know like they may need a 
a second level scorer. They need a they need a front court creator. Um, it, it just totally changes your team. Kevin Durant, uh, and I'm not saying that Paolo is going to be Kevin Durant, but like I'm just using examples of teams that have a second creator in the front court that it allows you to kind of you know make things the way it was. Um, but I feel like. And, and Sean, you make a good point where you say the Rockets' best lineup post-Hakeem days were with Gordon, Harden, and Paul in a three-guard lineup. I could see, like, they could do that with Josh Christopher. Like, I think the Rockets' best lineups last season were with Porter, Christopher, and, um, and Kevin Porter, or excuse me, and Jalen Green. Ivy is, like, a guy, like, Ivy's a guy that you can go and he can just go out and get you a bucket. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like, that's obviously, you know, ideal. I just don't see how he makes your team better from a defensive, you know, like from a defensive standpoint. I, I like, I feel like at that point you're, you're really undersized. Um, and cause like, you've got to, it's going to be hard to play. Like you can't play those three guard lineups all the time. Um, and that three guard lineup that you're referencing was used to build, to beat the Warriors and the Warriors are a, you know, an enigma because they have been like the sole exception to the rule where you don't need a front court man to really be able to, you know, make a difference or at least a front court shot creator, we'll say. Um, but where the league's going, you're going to need a front court creator. And I think the Rockets should go out and get Paolo Boncaro just, just for that reason alone. Um, and, or, or Jabari Smith or, or Chet, whoever falls into that point. Now, I will say, though, if, if for whatever reason, I, I really don't think this is going to happen, but if Chet is available at number three and Ivy is there at number three, you could, you could sway me. Like, I could be swayed towards Ivy. Um, because I just feel like Chet, um, Chet worries me um, in terms of like, is he going to be able to stay healthy? And is he good? Is he really going to be an all defensive player in the league? Which is like why he's projected to be a top three pick right now is because he can be that all NBA defensive kind of guy. But I just am unsure if he's going to be able to fulfill that because um, seven foot skinny guys um, just don't have an excellent track record in the NBA. It's Kevin Durant and that's about it. And Chet is nowhere near the same kind of shot creator as, as Durant is. And I feel like Durant's probably more than 200, um, at least in his best form. Um, as a rookie, maybe he was a bit undersized, but he's been able to build that. But Chet and KD are very different players. Um, so yeah, I think this is kind of a good place to park the rocket ship um team marjan beauchamp is is me jeremy brenner i'm i'm leading the ship here on team marjan beauchamp that's really about the main thing i want to get away with this podcast um but thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode thank you uh to those who are able to listen live on spotify live uh we'll be back on on wednesday the the pod will be released wednesday but we'll record live on tuesday mike has a couple more prospects up his sleeve than he's doing for Tuesday's episode. And 
yeah um be sure to follow us on twitter at the dream take and at dream shake sbn head over to our website thedreamshake.com from of all things houston rockets at sbnation.com and be sure to follow me on twitter if you'd like at jeremy brenner that's j-e-r-e-m-y-b-r-e-n-e-r thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode of the dream take and until next time go rockets Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of, like, afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. Hello, I'm Neil Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts.